I am Lucas Mack, and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, my brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack, and today I'm so excited to bring Danny Bader to the program. Now, Danny's story is incredible. I've, I've always wanted to talk with someone who has died and come back to life, and I had that pleasure of talking to Danny. The story is incredible. And um, I think every single one of us will get something from this. I know I got a lot from hearing from Danny and really puts things in perspective to continue to have gratitude for the breath that is in our lungs and the impact that we can make in the lives of others. So everyone enjoy the show. Danny, thanks for coming on. And here we go. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, You were, I did that recording with uh, Matt Kubler the other day. He mentioned uh, your book, um, uh, what is it? Getting a Miller Light with Jesus? Oh, that's one I got <laughs> yeah, here. I'm, that's, I met Jesus for a Miller Light. That is. You're so- gonna have to send me your address, and then okay. I'll send some out. And then the other one is Back to Life, and then I have a small little business fable called Abraham's Diner, and I'm working on book number four now. So uh, yes, yeah. I I enjoy getting into it and telling some stories and making up some characters and things. Well, you're the first person. I've always had this desire to talk to someone who's died and come back. Yes. And now I get that opportunity fulfilled and talking to you. And I'm really excited about it. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Happy to be here. So tell me about, before we get into to your epiphany story and that the real pivotal part, tell me about your life growing up and, and what brought you to where you are. Right. Yeah, sure. So I grew up outside of Philadelphia, um, Irish Catholic family. Um, my sister's the oldest and then seven boys. So eight kids, right? It's Snow White and the seven kind of <laughs> people, I guess, for lack of a better adjective. And life was pretty easy for me growing up. Middle America, you know, kind of had everything we needed. Braces, Catholic school, two weeks vacation at the Jersey beaches in the summer. Went to college, majored in accounting, realized I pretty much knew all along that that was a wrong turn for me and got out senior year and, you know, took a sales job. I didn't dig that too much. And then I just, uh, I bounced back and forth between the beaches of New Jersey and Aspen, Colorado tending bar and just trying to find myself was, was, was how I described it to my mom. Uh, She would always say, did you find yourself yet, Daniel? And I would say no, but I would let her know that I skied like two feet of fresh powder. So it was pretty easy, but I certainly was kind of drifting a little bit in my early 20s, which is, you know, as I looked back on it, it's great. It's just, you have to do that, right? It's just your journey. And then when I was 28, I was tending bar still and working for two uh, wonderful brothers, not my brothers, but two brothers that had a roofing company. And me and one of the brothers lowered a metal ladder, you know, obviously an accident. And we hit an electric line that had about 8,000, 10,000 volts of electricity in it. And what happened from that? So you hit it and then that's when the lights went out? Yeah, so to speak. Um, 
Yeah, we hit it. You know, I said to him, I said, are we going to clear it? And he said, yeah. And we were looking and we said, okay, we did it this way this morning. And the, the, the ladder, Lucas, is 28 feet long. You can't collapse it. It's one length of ladder oh, wow. because there's a bucket on the bottom that sends up with a little motor. So you have to have two guys on the ground kind of with the ladder in between you. And one guy foots it and the other guy kind of walks away from it to bring it down to ground level. And, um, you know, we hit, we hit it by about, I think it was about one inch was the burn mark. Wow. So one inch error over 28 feet. And as soon as the electricity hit, man, it, it, it went into both of our bodies. And I, I felt initially like I was shot or that there was a nuclear explosion of some sort. That, that was in a millisecond what went through my mind. Mm. And then I had an absolute calm and an absolute peace. I knew I was dying. I knew I was dead. And this is the best way to describe it for us as human beings right now. But all the words that I use don't really capture the experience because you're using words that capture physical experiences here and it wasn't. Right. So right after that, I'm calm. And I see, so there's two brothers. One was with me and I had no idea what was going on with him now. He was touching the ladder as well. And then there was another brother coming down the ladder. So I see him coming down and I'm yelling to him, not, not kind of out of fear or anything. I'm just yelling, hey, get your brother, get your brother, get your brother. Because I knew I was, I was gone. I didn't yell, help me, save me or what. I, I mean, if you're laying on the ground and, and you're in an accident, you're going to yell for help, right? Yeah. That wasn't the case because I, you know, as I, as I process it now, I was, I was in between. So I'm yelling to him to get his brother. And then, you know, my energy, my soul, my spirit um, was joined with what I call God, yeah. its source. And I didn't see any light. You know, I, di I didn't see any light or travel through a tunnel, which you hear so much. I remember one time a woman was telling me, you know, a lot of times when I tell a story, people are kind of like nervous. They're holding their breath, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the woman said, are you sure? No light, no tunnel. I think every, everybody sees the light, I think. I said, no, nah, that wasn't my experience. She says, you were dead. I said, oh, yeah. You know, the guy came to me and said, you were dead for at least eight minutes. Wow. You sure you didn't see a light, she said? And I said, look, lady. <laughs> you know, in a, I said, you can have your near death. This was mine. No light, no tunnel. <laughs> And she laughed and took a breath. So I was just joined, you know, my, my source, my soul. Um, I'm Christian like you. It went back, mm. you know, to its source. And it was beautiful. And it was a cosmic communication. And there were no words. And I, I reflected on my life very quickly. And then I had a choice to come back or stay. And that's where I said, what about my mom? And what about Lisa, who was my girlfriend now, my wife of 20 some years? And as soon as I expressed that, not in words, that's when I was back in my body. That's when my physical consciousness came back to life. Thus, the podcast I have and the book, right? I, I literally came back to life. Wow. What was spiritually your worldview before that? I mean, growing up Catholic and that, right. that staunch is and is not living the do's and do not living sure. heaven and the hell and that duality. What, what shifted sure. for you after that? Well, you know, the shift, the shift was happening and um, yeah, I'll tell you a little bit more, I'll play that story out. Um, the shift was happening for me. So I grew up, I always had a, a calling. I always had a strong belief and a faith in God and something bigger you know, raised Catholic in the sixties and the seventies with grade schools and, you know, the nuns and the priests, wow. it was, you know, God was up there. And if you do something wrong, you might go to hell and he's going to be mad at you. 
you know, and that, that kind of is, is how we were taught and that's the beliefs that we formed. Right. I know you went through maybe a, a similar experience. Yeah. And then as I, as I got a little bit older and certainly when I, when I went to Aspen, Colorado, and I really started to enjoy the, 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 the nature out mm. there and the, and the quietness and the stillness, it started to shift for me to say, yes, God is here. And it, it, it's maybe not that, you know, authority where he's going to get mad and punish me, but it's, it's, it's a love. It's a, it's a presence that's here to support me on this human journey. And at some point, you know, I'll, I'll go back to that. Yeah. So, you know, I still go to church. I still believe in, in Jesus. I believe he was who he was. And, you know, that that's my set of beliefs, but they've shifted a little bit. Hmm. You know, they, they've certainly shifted where, you know, God is, is within me. God's within you. God's within every human being on the planet. That's what I believe now. Yeah. You know, and, and I know you read the Bible a lot. And I, I was reading, I don't read a whole lot, but recently this year I was reading St. Paul, his letters, mm-hmm. and he talks so much about the spirit within. And I absolutely believe that my brain and my heart and my lungs, you know, Lucas, they, they helped Danny Bader go and not, but, and the divine energy is really what makes me go. Yeah. And it was called, it was called home for, you know, eight or 10 minutes that day. What did, what was the length of time feeling like while you were out of your body? There was no perception of, of time then. I was, you know, my body laid on the ground and that was it. And as I said, my, you know, my energy went back to its source. It's very, it's very funny. I, not funny, but I was watching um, that movie Soul. Yeah. You know, the, the yep. new one that's out. I don't know if you got a chance. Did yeah. you see it yet? Yep. Yep. So here's the thing. I'm watching it with my, my wife and I, I think my daughter, our daughter Lizzie was with us and I'm watching it. And you remember when the guy, um, the main characters on the, on the, uh, the like the, the tread, the treadmill, the, uh, you yeah, know, the, the not the yeah. escalator. Yeah. The walk. The, the, yeah. Like at the airport. Where you just exactly. Yeah. I forget what the heck they're called. Yeah. Anyhow, he's running the other way because he doesn't want to go. And all these little white figures like beings are there. And as they get close to it, they just go poof. And they get, they get kind of joined into this light. And that's really what it was like for me. Mm. It was just like, bam, I, I'm, I'm no longer Danny Bader, 28 years old in his body. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it, it was it was powerful, man. It was uh, it was certainly powerful. So when you thought of your your mom and your girlfriend at the time, now your wife, mm-hmm. that's when you had the choice to come back. And, and no, that's when I came back. That's just when you came back. When you that's when I came back. In the, it, I didn't want to come back. Mm. I didn't, and that's why I struggled so much when I did come back. My mom would always say to me, "My mom and dad, I, I got great family and friends and." so blessed to have had them support me through that. My mom would always say, it's like, you're just living to die again. Mm. And I would have to sit there and say to her mom, you don't understand whatever the hell that was. It's, it's better than here. So, you know, it kind of hurt me to say I'm with you and the people that I love. And I know you love me more than anything in this world. And that's better. Mm. You know, it's kind of, it was so hard to say. But that's why I struggled so much because I was still trying to process all of that, you know, the blame and the survivor's guilt. My friend's not here. And he was a beautiful husband and man and father and, and brother. Mm-hmm. And it was just, um, you know, it was that dark place many of us get to where you're just trying to figure it out. When you say your friend's not there, the, the other guy holding the ladder? Yeah, he died. He died that day. Wow. Yeah, he didn't come back. So people always say to me, do you wish it didn't happen? And, and I, I say, 
no. You know, and they look at me, I say, I, I just wish my friend didn't die. Mm. The experience that I had and, and the growth that came out of it and the goodness that I think is coming when I tell my story now, which took me a little while to get to, I, I, I wouldn't change that. Wow. I, you know, I, I just wish he was here. Yeah. You know, although his, his, his wife and three kids are just fabulous, man, courageous wow. and wonderful people, you know, they, they just dealt with it and, um, you know, they miss him dearly and they moved on just, just wonderful people. Wow. So when you, so tell me the re physical recovery process from coming back from that. Right. So, so let me, fi I'll, I'll finish real quick and I'll tell you that. Okay. So when I'm pulled back and then I express love for my mom and Lisa, and that's what brought me back. Right. So the greatest source of energy on this planet is love. We all need a whole lot more of it. Yep. That's what was the catalyst, the cosmic catalyst for bringing me back. Mm. I didn't say, Oh no, I have to go back and, and get my PhD. I need to buy the house and uh, the, you know, the sports car or whatever. I just like, I'm like, man, this is going to kill them if I'm not there. Mm. And that's when I was right back. So now when I'm back, I'm in my body, Lucas, and I'm laying there and I'm spread Eagle on my back. And I'm looking up the ladder had nicked because it only hit by a, a little bit. It nicked it and then it fell and got caught up on a lower telephone wire. So I hear that. And then I hear my friend, my one friend that was coming down the ladder. He's over here working on his brother, you know, trying to revive him. I can't move. I feel like I'm in fetal position, but I'm really laying on my back. And I'm like, you know, like what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And I get my motor skills back and I crawl maybe 15, 20 feet up next to my buddy who's working on his brother. And he looks at me and he's like, how are you here? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about, but, but I'll do, you know, mouth to mouth CPR. He was doing chest. And then the paramedics came. So think about passage of time. So I go then and sit against a fence because they said, all right, get away, you guys. We got this. Move away. We're here. And they didn't know that I got hit because I looked, I looked okay now at this point. So I go to sit against a fence and my feet are killing me. And I look down, I got little holes in my boots. I take them off. I have holes in my white socks with black around it. I take them off. I have a hole in each side of each foot, four holes. And the one on the inside of my left, none of them had blood coming out, but the one on the inside left was, was pretty substantial. And I'm sitting there going, why is there no blood? That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. The other brother then comes over to me and says, you know, what happened? And I said, I guess we hit the wire. And he said, yeah, I know I heard it. And this is the part. I said, I know I saw you coming down. I was calling to you to get your brother. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, I saw you coming down. I was yelling to you. And he looked, he said, you didn't say anything. He said, I came to you first. You were on your side. I rolled you over. Eyes roll back, foam, mouth, no heart rate, no respiration. And Stu, you know, my dear friend, rest his soul. He worked on me for, you know, he said three or four minutes and then gave you up for dead, ran across the street called 911 because, no, you know, 92, not much cell phone. And then ran back past me and then went to work on his brother. So that he's the one that would always estimate. He said, I, I, you had to be dead for eight minutes or so, you know. And... <clears throat> So you, so your soul was there, could see him communicating to him, but you weren't in the physical realm doing that. Nope. Although up to that point, I believed it. I mean, I, and this was, he yeah. was the first one I talked to after the accident. Yeah. You know, think about it. Bam, hit, go hang out with God for a little bit, back, crawl up, talk. And I'm like, I yelled to you. And he said, no. Wow. He said, no, he said, you didn't say anything. 
And so the, the belief that comes out of that for me now that I offer people and I write about, there's a fine, fine line between here and there. Yeah. So when, when my friends or family, when they lose somebody and they, you know, they, they, we talk and I say, just be open to their spirit coming to settle on you a little bit. It might be a song. It might be a bird. I had yeah. some really good friends that lost a, a, a senior in high school daughter and mm -hmm. they were thinking about her one time and they were at this baseball game down in Texas or whatever. And sure enough, family comes in, sits in front of them, girl takes her jersey off and it's number 32, the same one that their daughter always wore. Wow. And she just said, I, fe I felt her, you know? Wow. Yeah. Well, for my, for my perspective, um, the thin veil between here and there, I was grew up severely abused and I would fly out of my body and I would watch myself being abused third mm. person there. It was happening physically to, to this body. And I still have a lot of scars physically from, from that mm. time, but I wasn't in me. Yeah. And so it is a thin, I mean, that tethered that, you know, that cord that keeps us in and out. Yeah. It's, it's thin. It is. It is. And I, I, I believe it's by, you know, cosmic design. Yeah. It's, God's, it's yeah. God's divine design, you know, for the ability for you to just get out and, and move away from that suffering that you were experiencing. Yeah. For me, that's, that's the hand of, of hand of God, soul, yeah. spirit, consciousness. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, our body physically goes into shock to keep us from pain. Our soul, you know, right. these are designs so we don't have to suffer. Sure. Um, so what's interesting is you calling out to your buddy, but you right. weren't, but you weren't there. He went, was it natural for him to come to you first? Why didn't he go to his brother first? He said he looked from the roof. I was down. He came down the ladder. And I guess when he came down the ladder, I was the closest, I think. And he said, I just came to you. Wow. And, you know, he, he says, he, he said, um, he would always say, I worked on you for a little while. Nothing was changing. You know, your chest would go up, your chest would go down, eyes white. And he said, you know, I'm thinking to myself, we killed Dan. We killed Dan. That's, that's what was running through his head when he went over to make the phone call for help, you know, the 911 call. Wow. Yeah. So this is, fa this is fascinating. And you when you're sitting there and you're watching that, like when the medics come to you, then what happens? You have this hole in your foot. It yep. did it burn. It's basically it cauterized your foot. Is that what happened? Why exactly. You wow. Exactly. Yeah. It just blew, you know, went in my hands and out my feet. So then what happened is, you know, they got, uh, they got my buddy into an ambulance. They got me into an ambulance. We don't know what's going on. We go to the one hospital. I remember I was in the um, ambulance and I'm looking and the paramedics are all doing their wonderful work. And I'm like, I'm all right. Right. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you're going to be fine. I could, I remember seeing the one guy kind of glance, a glance of uncertainty to his partner. And it, you know, my heart from the electric was still kind of in a, in a bit of a crazy arrhythmia. Hmm. So we got, got to the first hospital. Uh, my mom and dad showed up. They let me know that my friend was dead. You know, I asked if a priest could come in and kind of just talk to me. They asked me if I wanted to go see my buddy and kind of say goodbye, which I said no to, which I regretted for a long time. Mm. And then they put me on a chopper and flew me to another hospital um, because I was going to have to have 
you know, debridement of the wounds. I needed more of a trauma center than the first one we were in. Yeah. Amazing, man. Amazing. How old were you when this happened? I was uh, 28. Yeah. I was a couple months away from 29. What was the recovery process like for your feet? The recovery process for my feet was, you know, they, they, they operated on all of them. And then they took a little skin from my hip and put it on my left toe. You know, I was on crutches and the recovery from my feet just took some time, you know, two weeks to a month or so for all the skin graft and everything to heal up. And my hands, you know, they healed pretty quickly. I still have a couple of little scars where it went in. The, the big journey was the mental side of as, as you can imagine. I mean, you and I have both been there where, you know, we're in victim mode. Our head is not right. Our heart is not right. Our soul is, I mean, our soul is always right. I just don't think I was connected to mine. Yeah. I, I just severed it. You know, God, God screwed up was the way I thought about it. Um, he, he messed this one up and you just don't let people in that are here to help you and, and support you and love you. And because they, they don't understand what I'm going through, you know, you make up all these, Right, right. You know, and then a psychiatrist and then a priest and another a priest who was a psychiatrist. And I'm like, that one didn't work. That one didn't work. That one didn't work. Right. And then thankfully, I, I finally found this dude um, that looked like uh, Steven Spielberg, spitting image of Steven Spielberg down in Philadelphia. And for some reason, we just connected. Wow. And, and, and he, I don't know, maybe it was a combination of time and him and, um, and me being ready. And yeah, it was good. But I, I remember a lot of times I'd go into Philly and I'd go into his office. And then when I left his office, I would walk him back. There was like a little bar, neighborhood bar. And I'd stop in for a few pops just to kind of settle out, you know, just to make sure that I was okay up here. Yeah. What, yeah. um, so the, the Steven Spielberg, um, doppelganger, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. He, uh, was he a therapist or what was his, no, he, he, he li licensed psychiatrist. Oh, psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. Medical doctor. Great dude. Just a really good energy. And, um, you know, it's funny with my, with my Catholic upbringing and all, everybody thought, you know, a priest would do it. Uh -huh. and, and this guy was really cool. Yeah. You know, he just walked me through some things, you know, he validated that the thoughts I was having is okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he, he was just a good dude. He kind of got me back on track there a little bit. Sound like oh. a, a gentle soul too. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The whole, the whole, I mean, it's energy, right? Yeah, that's right. It's you energy. know, it's interesting. I went to a therapist um, when I had my hit rock bottom in 2014 to, or 2016 to 2018 is when I, when I went to therapy every single week, sometimes twice a week for, for two years straight. Mm. And I had this really gentle Jewish man, just, mm -hmm. just a really gentle soul. And I needed, because I was never around gentle men and yeah. I was around real violent, like German, Irish, Catholic. Yeah. You know, like get after it yeah. at dimes, you know, you know, the and, and I needed someone that was just gentle that. Right. Like, uh, I, in fact, I can feel oh, yeah. right now. And it just was like, <sighs> yeah, breathe it out, man. Yeah. I hear you. And I had, you know, we have to just, as, as, as men, we go through, you know, I certainly didn't experience that, you know, I was of that era. We had seven boys. So, yeah. you know, my dad let us know what was right and what was wrong. Yeah. Not to the degree that you experienced at all. Yeah. And though you have to continue, I remember one time and I'll never forget. And he continues to, to um, remind me our middle son, Joey, 
who we, and we have a great relationship with the kids. I love them. They love my wife. She's fabulous. Mm-hmm. But I can recall one time I picked Joey up in the laundry room. I don't know. He's like five and I'm holding him against the wall, like by his jacket and this stuff. And to this day, he still remembers it. And it was just, I wasn't happy with myself. I was still trying to figure shit out. Yeah. You know, I was in a job that I knew wasn't right. And, you know, he did something that any five or six year old would do. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, what do you not understand? Mm. I'll never forget it. And, and thankfully he remembers it with a forgiving heart. Yeah. yeah. And so we find, you know, a little humor in it. You know, I didn't strike him. I just kind of made sure he was paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was a learning opportunity for me. And you can see right now, heck, he's 24, so 19 years ago, probably. Wow. And it's still here with me. Just as a reminder to, to, to look back and, and just keep evolving into who, who you are, who you're meant to be, right? Yeah. And, that, yeah. and that's, that's not who I was meant to be. And I, I think I had to go through those things. We all have to go through some of those periods where we look and go, oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that doesn't feel right for me. You know? Yeah. Tried it on, didn't fit, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. for you spiritually, like what, um, you know, you, you meet this psychiatrist, he was a good fit for you, a gentle soul. Mm-hmm. He's w- walking you through, but you, you know, I've listened to some videos just before you know, we connected probably a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. Yeah. And so I've watched some of the videos, but your language set is also really beautiful. Where did you go to emotional intelligence training? Did you do some of that? Um, like, what did you do for personal growth beyond or what did you do? I guess. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, a lot. Yeah, a lot. You know, yeah. I worked in I worked in corporate America for years and I got over into their training world. And that's where I said, man, this is what I'm here for. Cause I thought about being a priest mm-hmm. and, you know, just coach basketball and, you know, then you're influenced by people that go, Oh my God, you know, you don't want to be a priest or, you know, you hear all kinds of stuff yeah. and then be a teacher. And my dad would say, Oh, they don't make any money. You know, you, you know where your heart's going to go sometimes. And yet we're influenced by those people that mean well, yeah. you know, so then I go off and I try sales, medical sales, anything like that. And then I'm in corporate America which wasn't a good fit. Once I got into their education department, and then I did some Myers-Briggs and leadership training. And then I went to the coaching school, a wonderful coaching school out in Santa Barbara called the Hudson Institute. Cool. And it got a lot, got a lot of learning and a lot of education there. And I, I think it's just, you know, it's my commitment to just trying to be the best version of Danny Bader that I can be. Love it. And, and forgiving myself when I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah. For, for lack of a better term. I love it. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people around that would say, yeah, you are sometimes. <laughs> That's good. I certainly have been. Man. So yeah. when, did, when did you go from healing yourself and integrating that whole process of right. connection to divine love to really starting to write about it, speak about it and tell your story? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So when I came back, you know, I, I, I had the accident in 92 and then Lisa and I got married in 93, like 11 months after the accident. We'd been dating quite some time, a couple breakups just cause I did. She's a wonderful lady. I just didn't know if I wanted to get married. Maybe I was going to go back to Aspen mm. and um, we got married. Then we had Luke, our first child, wonderful young man. He's 20. We had him in 94. 
So I always say, you know, I died in 92. I got married in 93. I became a father in 94. And then it was like 95. I wake up and I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you're because really, a, you're a born again Catholic. If I've ever. Oh, goodness gracious, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it just took me, you know, it took me a long time and I had a lot of great people, you know, where I, I put it behind me, but even then three, four years, I mean, this, this was with me for a long time, the guilt, mm. you know, the guilt, and the self-talk of I screwed up, I don't deserve to be happy. Mm. You know, he, his life was cut short. His kids didn't have a, a dad, his wife didn't have a husband. So just all that stuff I was telling myself, you know, I did okay in life, but I still wasn't like here yeah. saying, hey, everybody, you know, I'm here. I'll do my best to support and, and help you. Not that I have all the answers. Uh, maybe I have some questions, but my heart is here to, to support all of you. And it's probably, I mean, I'm 57 now, Lucas, and I'll bet it was in my 50s, 52, 53, where that really started to settle. Wow. There, there's, there's a fraction of residue there that I've just kind of come to love. Yeah. And, and kind of accept that it's always going to be there. And that's okay. Mm. It's like Paul, you mentioned Paul, you know, he, he asked God to remove the thorn from his flesh, this thorn from his side. And that's when God said, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, like that's he it, never man. removed that pain. And that's yeah. probably what compelled him to continue the good that he was doing. So right. that's beautiful that you still do have. I mean, that's how we know. I think it was really real is that we keep that. Cause if it goes away, then that can be like, wait, eventually did that happen? Did it not happen? No, it happened. And now here's what we're doing with it. Right. Yeah. You don't want to live, you know, and and you probably offer people this as well, especially you're going on a retreat this weekend to do some wonderful healing with people. You have to go back to the past, right? Yes. You have to go back to heal. You have to go back for happy, happy memories. Mm -hmm. And you have to go back for some wisdom, which is, is, is let me process what happens. So the wisdom now is I can make right judgment and better choices as I move forward. Yes. And that, that's kind of where I reflect, you know, you know, and I, and I go back in many ways and how I was as a dad, how I was as a man and a husband, you know, how I was with my relationship to alcohol and, and all those things. Yeah. Um, just to continually go back and say, all right, that's, that's not who I want to evolve into. That's not who is the best version of Danny. So let's keep, you know, we get what we focus on, right, my friend? Yeah, that is for sure. And where really attention do. goes, energy flows, you know. Got it. You uh, so the so you're you're healing, you're still working on these things, you're integrating, you're coming into your own corporate America, and you say, When do you say I've have a story to tell in book form. I want to tell, write my story. Like how, what was the book process like? Right, right. Oh, it's good. So the book process was, I started about 69 times and, <laughs> and, and I stopped 70. It was again, you know, I never wrote a book and I had all these, these voices in my head about, you can't do it. It's so hard to get published. You can't sell. You can't, you can't write a story about, you know, the event with that, where your buddy died, all those things. So I remember the, the the book was the first version of back to life was published as back from heaven's front porch mm-hmm. in 2012 with a small Christian publisher um, outside of towards Harrisburg out that way. Great people. And then last year I got the rights back because my other books are self-published 
and I, I wanted to get the rights back and they, they granted them to me. And I said, okay, I got to give it a new title. And so I wrote a final chapter. I put some reflective questions in there, just kind of give it a little facelift. Yeah. So back to life is essentially the same book as back from heaven's front porch with, um, you know, the final chapter and some of those things. But I remember I was working for, um, it must've been 2009, 10, I guess. And I was on a plane coming back from a workshop and I was sitting in the back with this young girl. I was maybe in my, in my thirties, I guess, almost 40. And she was 25, 28. And we just got to talking and, and I wouldn't tell my story a whole lot, but unless I feel the energy of somebody. So I told her and we chatted and she looked at me and I never saw her again, never communicated with me and uh, with her. And I remember in the back of the plane, she looked at me and she said, you know, you have to tell this story. Hmm. And she looked at me with such intensity and such conviction and I'm like, damn it, I do. So that's really when I started to kind of crank and cool. get the story. And then, you know, I had some great editors and, um, and all. So we got that one. And then I enjoyed that, you know, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed the feedback that I got from it. Not from, a, from an ego perspective, but from a validation like, damn, this, this has helped somebody. Wow. You know, I remember I was doing a workshop out in Cincinnati and I was still working for other companies, but I would start slowly start to kind of weave this story in a little bit. And I, my fear always was right. My fear always was, oh, it's it's religious and, you know, I'm going to get in trouble and they're not going to bring us back anymore. Yeah. And this woman came up to me after a two day workshop and my story was just a little piece of it. It was a whole bunch of somebody else's content, not in this world at all. And she came up and gave me a hug and she said, you know, I, and she had tears in her eyes and she said, um, I just wanted to tell you, my, my child died a couple of years ago and I feel like I can move on. Wow. And I was like, Whew, thank you, Jesus. You know, if, yeah. that, if that's why you brought me back, then that's pretty good. That's powerful. Right. And it yeah. wasn't me, it was, you know, it's a spirit. The, yeah. We're just a vessel, my friend. We are. Yeah. And to be in service to others and, that's why the greatest commandment is to love God and love your neighbor, love one another. There's nothing greater than that. Yeah. We're trying to do all these other forms. Oh, if I'm successful. Oh, if I make this. Oh, if I leave this amount, if I invest this. If I... Those are lesser forms. Those are lesser virtues than to love one another. That's it. There's nothing yes. greater than that. We have some t-shirts that we sell. And a portion of the proceeds go to um, ALS research. My brother-in-law is a, a fabulous, one of the best men I've ever met wow. of tremendous faith. And he's living uh, courageously with ALS. Wow. Um, we have these t-shirts and we call them jackrabbitisms. So it just has the letters on there and then underneath what the letters stand for. And we just posted again today, a t-shirt, uh, LWL lead with love. Mm. And, and, and my kids, you know, if you asked Lizzie, Luke or Joey and said, what's one of your dad's mantras? Lead with love would be probably one of the top two or three they would tell you. Wow. So it's not, you know, it's not the pursuit of money and, and wealth and, and all. that's all okay, man. I mean, that's part of human, right? For sure. It's the process by which you go through it. And that, that was kind of the eye opener for me. And I've seen a lot of rich assholes <laughs> and I've seen a lot of rich angels and saints yeah. that just do it right. And they, they do so much good with their wealth. Yeah. And they bring other people along and they influence and inspire. It's just, uh, yeah, it's kind of how, how we do what we do. Hmm. 
what has been, if, if you're going to, I've never asked this question to anyone, but I think you are appropriate person to ask this to. Well, that's good. My coffee's finished. So I think I'm ready for this. <laughs> All right. So what do you hope at the end of your time and may it be very long from now, far, far out from now, mm-hmm. but the message of your life through all this that you've gone through, what do you hope that people take from your story in your life? Mm-hmm. That's pretty easy. I would just say that people would say, you know what, when he showed up, I felt, I felt the spirit. I felt something bigger. Hmm. That's cool. Just when awesome. he showed up, you know, that is what we're here for, man. It is what we're here for. It is what we're here for. And uh, can you tap into that feeling of when you were gone for those eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Can you feel that now that? Oh yeah. I meditate. I meditate, pray almost every day. I just yeah. did for a little bit. I had a bit of a, you know, a busy week. And this morning I went out and uh, had to do, you know, the photo shoot thing oh, for, yeah. for, you know, for your social media and all that kind of stuff. And, yep. and I'm, I'm like, okay with it, but I'm like, uh I always tell my photographer, just make, try to catch the authentic ones where it's like, yeah, it's not like we're we're trying to be something we're not. Right. Right. Anyhow, I knew I was going to be with you. So um, yeah, I came home. I was here by myself and just dropped in for about 11. I have my phone when I meditate, which, you know, is sometimes prayer calling on spirit. Yeah. A lot of times I do it for 11 minutes and 11 seconds. Mm. After I had that accident, I would see those numbers an awful lot in, in just like, why am I seeing 11, 11 so much? Yeah. And every time I did, I felt my buddy's spirit who passed away. Wow. I would feel him and, and it would settle me because when I would see them and I would see them when I started my car, you know, I would see them on a, on a taxi cab. I would see them on, you know, a truck or whatever. It always, as soon as I saw those numbers, I, I would just kind of feel his spirit. So I always attribute them to him. Um, you know, and my kids over the years know it, they, you know, they'll send pictures of like an 11-11 sign. Yeah. They'll say, dad, I saw it. And as I did research, 11-11 is all new beginnings, right? Yep. And yep. so it was just obvious for me, you know, as, as I've evolved through it, is uh, I felt his spirit so many times, you know, and his brother too that passed um, probably about four years ago now. Wow. Uh, and he and I were kindred spirits, you know, because we were the only, you know, got three guys on the site. Yeah, yeah. Two went... <laughs> I came back. So, you know, being in Philadelphia, we would always get together for a few beers and a cheesesteak, you know, <laughs> at least once, once a month or so. And just, um, yeah, just kindred spirits. Cause you, 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 you went through it together. How have your kids, um, responded to the story once you told them and they were old enough to take it? <laughs> yeah, they, they got it now. Um, the, my nickname is prof for profit. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> tongue in cheek, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's what they call me. And a lot of my friends too, they, they call me prof. That's like the nickname because they laughed. And I think it's kind of a compliment maybe because I just, you know, I, I just try to slow them down and, and, and get them to connect, you know, with something bigger and, and they're on their own journey with their spirituality. Yeah. You know, we raised them Catholic, Catholic school and you know, they're kind of just trying to figure things out. Yeah. And you can't control, right? Right. You can't, you know, I'm going to say, Hey, you have to go to church, right? You know, right. if you don't go to church, that means you don't love and respect me. I'm like, is that crazy? Right. Just, <laughs> I just I tell them, I, I just, 
I just tell them again, I reiterate, I'm like, listen, man, what happened to me is absolutely true. Mm. You know, and Joey, our middle guy out in California, it, you know, he likes nature and surfing in the ocean. And he wrote a screenplay for Back to Life that we have. You know, we've been shopping it for a number of years and, you know, Aaron's helping us out a little bit with it. Um, but they're just on their journey, you know, mm. and, and, that, and that's okay. They're good people. I said, just be good people. If you wake up and you put goodness and love in the world, yeah, let's, let's go. Who am I to say you have to practice this religion or go to church? Right. You know, for me, it's important. I believe spiritual connection, spiritual practices, spiritual habits, religious, whatever. Mm-hmm. I believe that they're good for us as people. Yeah. Because if that leads you to love, great. Now, there's a lot of practices, you know, where there's a lot of judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm. yeah. Which, yeah. of course, you know, growing up the way we did, there was a lot of that, you know? Oh, <laughs> right? It was oh all of it. You know, and I, yeah. I, I always remember Jesus, and I forget the part in the Bible where his disciples came, and there was a guy like on the other street corner, so to speak, in Galilee, right? And he was like talking something else. And they're going, he's not with us. He's not. And Jesus is like, calm down, man. There's yeah. like there's many roads to the kingdom. Yeah. But he's not He's not against us. He's, he's for us, you know? Right on, brother. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Man, it's so beautiful to hear your story. How can people find you, follow you? Where can they buy the book? book? Oh, thanks, Lucas. Yes, I'm very glad we connect. And, and uh, I don't use the word hope too much because it's kind of, I trust. Hmm. I trust that our paths will cross in person sometime. I look I forward to that. Yeah. yeah. So I've got Facebook presence. That's probably my biggest social media presence. Um, LinkedIn and Twitter and those other ones, but more on Facebook. And then the website's dannybader.com. And on there, they can check out the podcast. Um, They can get the books there. All the books are out on Amazon, Back to Life, Abraham's Diner, I Met Jesus for a Miller Lite. And we also have a pretty cool um, course that we just designed last year. And it's called Back to Life, The Path of Resilience. It's about 29 videos. And, you know, people can go through it at a self-pace. So they could check that out too. Um, You know, we've got some people in there. A lot of times when I'll do a corporate event, I just, I put the enrollments in there. So I'm getting some nice feedback from people and it's priced real. I mean, it's not like one of those crazy four or $500, you know, it's, it's, it's priced. I just want people, if, if they think my story and my teachings can support them, that's it, right? Yeah. That's, that's it. Cool. Well, I'm thankful for you, brother. And I'm thankful that you share your story and, and may, may the world be touched and blessed by your story and coming on today. Thank you. Right. Lucas, it's my pleasure. And, and you're doing good work too. Thank you. And I trust that you're going to touch and heal and that um, your spirit bless a lot of people. So thank until you. our paths cross next time, brother, thank you so much for having me. That's right. And before we go, do you have any Irish blessing that you could give us? You know, <laughs> Yes. May the road rise to meet you and the wind be always at your back and may the Lord hold you in the palm of his hand. <laughs> That's right. And may you walk with a limp so we can yeah, always. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I would just say to everybody, listen, my blessing for you is, is may you lead with love every day. And may you, may you always, always be connected to spirit. I love that. Amen. Beautiful. Danny, again, thanks for coming on, brother. It's such an amazing story. I'm glad you're here on this earth sharing the message that you were given through your whole journey. So thank you, brother. And everyone, thank you for listening. My encouragement to you is surrender right now. Surrender Surrender all your fear, surrender all your worry, surrender all your anxiety, your doubt, your confusion, 
surrender it all and allow the goodness and the abundance of love to lead you, to fill you, and to wash you like you have never experienced before. It's all available right now. The new earth is coming. The new earth is coming. And for many who are still attached to the media of the 3D matrix, you get to detach <laughs> or you may find yourself in a little bit more of a difficult time here coming up. But either way, you have brothers and sisters standing with you. And regardless of where we all are on our journey, because everyone's on their own unique journey, we all or are going to enter this 5D experience and it's going to be beautiful. So keep surrendering, keep receiving love, keep releasing fear and everything is going to be okay. I'm Lucas Mack. This is the Golden Rule Revolution and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com. Thank you.